This is Women's Tech Radio, a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they're successful in technology careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. So Angela, today we're interviewing a friend of mine at Megan Bigelow. She works for JAMA Software as a manager there, and she tells us some about her journey into that. And then also we get to talk to her a bunch about founding and then um, the impact that PDX Women in Tech has had in her life and in the Portland community. And before we get into the interview, I just want to mention that you can support Women's Tech Radio by going to patreon.com forward slash today. Women's Tech Radio is one of Jupiter Broadcasting's many podcasts. And by going there, you can donate monthly and for any level that you want. So patreon.com forward slash today. And we get started by asking Megan what she's up to in tech today. So actually what I'm up to is a little uh, minor simply because I am on maternity leave, but I do work for JAMA Software as a manager of customer support and those folks are quite technical. So I have my hands in that, uh, in that technical work quite a bit when I am working, but I, um, I've been out since uh, the end of November and returning in March. Very nice long leave. That's great that they're going to do that with you. Yeah. And I also know that you are a founder of PDX Women in Tech. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I'm very active in that. And uh, we actually just had our holiday party last week. And uh, we just posted photos today. So it's pretty exciting. It was a, a monumental event. We had seven different women in tech groups join us. And it was a record turnout of nearly 250 people hosted by Puppet Labs. It was phenomenal. And we've had rave reviews from people. Um, And so, yeah, so PDX Women in Tech meets monthly. It's a networking group, but sometimes we spice it up by having speakers or having some kind of activity. But the purpose of the group is simply to provide a platform for women to meet other women or supporters of women in tech. And this is not specific to uh, purely technical roles. It's for women who work for a tech company, who are interested in working in a tech role. And it just has, over the last four years, has just been an amazing experience of people building relationships, finding jobs, making friends. Uh, We have local tech companies that host us monthly. And it's, it's exciting and it's growing every month. Wow. All right. Well, that's quite a, quite a big thing that you're doing there. I don't know where to start on this one. I guess, how did you wind up at a technical company? Let's start there. Yeah. So actually I didn't start my career in, at a technical company. I started my career in a tech role, like in a tech field. I was actually help desk support when I first started. Um, but over the years I, I actually was working for Portland general electric and just had, um, one tech role after the other. When, um, I went, I was actually on maternity leave for my daughter back in early 2013, when I had found out that Salesforce was moving some of their operations to Portland, um, and actually Hillsborough. And because I had started out as a help desk technician and I had had a lot of experience in tech, uh, they, you know, the, the experience was right to lead their help desk, which was quite a large operation. We had 50 employees, um, supporting, I guess at the time there was 15,000, uh, Salesforce employees. 
And so I actually just, that was my first tech, that was the first tech company I had ever worked for. And, and it, the way that it typically seems to work, at least in Portland, is once you've worked in a tech company now, like the rest of your career is in a tech company. And so from there, I landed a job at JAMA Software managing the customer support team, which is externally facing support. So I get to work with paying customers, which is very different than internal customers. Uh, so yeah, that's how I kind of started in tech, working for a tech company. So help desk was kind of your, your intro. Yes, it was. So as a, as a career help desker, you've got to have some sort of awesome help desk story. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I, I don't know that I have an awesome help desk story. I mean, I will say that probably the most epic help desk stories I have are from working at Salesforce just because of the scale. And um, one thing that comes to mind is like there was a sales kickoff, which of course happens every quarter. And there was some video that the sales team, which is huge at Salesforce, uh, they were trying to play this video. I can't remember the platform that they had, but it actually failed. And of course, that t resulted in a huge amount of calls to the to the service desk, which is what the help desk was. I, I, I remember we would have for probably two hours straight, we had about 15 to 20 people deep in a queue of calls. And um, of course, being in the help desk, you're, you're the ones that respond to things, but not necessarily the people that fix things. And so it was just uh, an exhausting uh, situation and uh, really not a good situation for our, for the sales kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. Help desk is a really interesting role because it is like it's a semi-technical, like hard technical position, if you will. But like you also have to have all these awesome people skills and you might not get to fix things. I had the very yeah. interesting experience at one point of being help desk for help desk software. Oh, my. Wow. It felt yes. very meta. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. the, the calls you'd get were really interesting because they were almost always from technical managers who were really infuriating that I wasn't the guy who could just fix things. Right. Exactly. Cool. So you're at you're at JAMA. You're doing this cool stuff. And where does PDX Women in Tech come into the picture and why? Yeah. So PDX Women in Tech, as I mentioned earlier, was founded four years ago out of a coffee date that I had with Casey at the time. Her last name was Jones. Now it's Tonsfeld. Um, her and I had actually never met before. We were sort of, uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of women out there have this experience where you're just like introduced over email and then you decide to meet up for coffee uh, sight unseen. And I happened to be at the Grace Hopper Women in Computing Conference. I guess that was in 2010. Gosh, I, I'm losing track of time, but maybe 2011. And um, so I was taking a break from the conference and I met up with her at, a, at the Starbucks nearby. And we just started really lamenting about how hard it is to we meet other women in tech because I was astounded at the fact that I had to go to a conference in Portland to meet a lot of other women also in tech. And many of them didn't even live in Portland. It just didn't feel right. I was like, there's gotta be another way to do this. And so her and I just came up with this brainchild of, well, why don't we do something about it? And we gave each other little assignments after that meeting of, okay, I'll check LinkedIn and see if anything exists already. I'll search Google. And we came up with nothing. I mean, we obviously came up with the very technical groups. Like 
women who hack, women who code, which are incredibly valuable and have a very, very great place in our community. But we couldn't find anything that was uh, sort of more general, which I didn't feel like I could identify with either of those two groups at the time. Mm -hmm. So we came up with PDX Women in Tech. We had our first happy hour in January of four years ago at what used to be the um, H2O which was a little bar downtown. It was no host. We had about 10 people show up. And then from there, we've blossomed into this group that has a thousand members and anywhere from 80 to 120 people that attend each month. It just, it just grew. It was crazy. Just blows your mind, huh? Yes. And then of course, with the holiday party, I mean, there's a need and, um, we just happened to be sort of at the time when people were ready for that and it's, it's working. So your, your, what would be your, uh, what is it called? Like the, like a phrase that the, a mission statement, what is your mission statement? Yeah. So, uh, I'll be honest. We don't really have a mission statement, uh, but I, we do have, something that uh, I wrote up four years ago that seems to still resonate and I'll, I'll read it to you. I guess we call it our purpose. Yes. Okay. It's PDX women in tech exists to celebrate professional women in the Portland Metro area who work with manage lead or have an interest in technology. Whether you are developing event driven, non-blocking applications in Node.js or studying technology strategy for a fortune 500 company or anything in between, come join us. Okay. I would call that a mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's uh, intentionally broad and that seems to work because we get a lot of diversity at the, at the meetups and, um, it, it, it creates a really supportive environment. And what is your primary method of getting women to come? Like, is it, is it hosting meetups? Do you use meetup.com literally? Do you use Twitter? Or do you have somebody, a staff member that seeks women out? How, how do you guys find your audience in Portland? Yeah, so it's changed over the years. First, we were just using LinkedIn when they had um, a sort of a, an event app within, the, within LinkedIn, but then they, they deprecated that. And now we rely on our newsletter. We have over a thousand people. I mean, of course that's grown. It didn't always used to be that big. Mm -hmm. Um, and we use Twitter a lot and we use meetup, which meetup I will, will credit as being what really changed the game earlier this year, because we went from having probably 40 to 60 attendees a month to now on average a hundred. And I think it's because we are reaching a larger audience through meetup. But to get to that point, I think it was a lot of just sort of word of mouth. I mean, we had, like I said, very few people that came. In fact, I was trying to seed the group originally with women that I worked with. Unfortunately, none of them showed up or maybe one or two of them. But as we had a couple of people start coming and then they started talking to their friends. Uh, I mean, every month when I meet people, I always ask them, how, do you, how did you hear about the group? And I've heard some amazing stories. Like many of them have said, oh, well, my boyfriend found it and told me about it. Or I was at this other event and they announced that the meetup, that the PDX Women in Tech meetup was happening. And then, of course, through hosting at different tech companies, you just get a lot more exposure through that. So I would say it's been a journey uh, of different things. But what's working, like really working for us right now is Twitter, our newsletter and meetup. Like, are you finding 
companies receptive, women receptive? Like, how is it working with retention? Like, I guess, like, I'm always interested in, like, what what is happening around that space? Because we see a lot of people, like, in and out through the doors, and they'll come once, uh, especially, so, full disclosure, I helped Megan organize the holiday party, and I've been involved. This is our third party for yes. women in Portland. Yeah. So, um, very exciting that we're up to... Whip women in Portland. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Watch me whip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. I know, right? You didn't. I'm trying to think of something that runs with Nene that's like tech related. <laughs> I'm not going to help. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Megan might help, but not me. <laughs> so like, how do we, you know, what's the impact there? Is it important for people to come back or is it just kind of important? I think the holiday parties and the, the mid-year parties, so we do one in June and one in December. Um, the importance that I see there is that like, that it's there. Like just the fact that it exists seems to help people. But yes. I think your organization has a bit more meat to it. And like, uh, what do you think? Um, what do you think? Is that is that impacting? Do you feel it impacting you personally? Yeah. So there's a couple of things there and I'll, I'll try to address all of them. So I, there have been a variety of, uh, there's a variety of participation. There are people that come occasionally, very occasionally once, and there are regulars. Like I, there's a solid group of people that have come every month for four years. And, um, we, you know, we, as I'm sure you do with your group, we welcome however often people choose to come. So I agree with you that the fact that it's there and it exists and it continues to happen is, uh, probably what's important to people. Uh, so it, it's just, everyone kind of has their own sort of, they have life changes and they have other things going on that prevents them from coming. But, um, we see them occasionally and that's always great. The one thing that I, I do notice, and I've had a couple of people say this to me is that, Oh, well, you know, I love your group, but I, I don't attend because I'm not looking for a job. And, uh, you know, my response to that is, well, that's great that you're not looking for a job and that you're really happy where you are. But the intention of PDX women in tech is not necessarily to help you find a job. Although that is a, an amazing byproduct, which I'll answer about how that's affected me in a minute. But I mean, building your network, if there's anything I can sort of impart to people is it's not about finding a job. It's about finding people that have common interests that you can connect with, that you can make friends with. And maybe those relationships will result in career advantages for you later. Um, because you never know when you're going to need the help. And if you wait to come to these meetups, when you're looking, you're going to have a much harder time, uh, simply because you haven't built those relationships first. Now, not to say that if you're looking, you shouldn't come. Like we want people to come because things can happen. It's just the more time you invest in your network, the more relationships you have to call on when you are looking. And, and that's something that I have done on many occasions, whether it's by, I actually am making a conscious decision. I want to find a new job or I didn't even know that there was this opportunity and someone approached me about it. But I mean, the career path that I've taken over the last four years since PDX Women in Tech started has been entirely because of PDX Women in Tech. Um, it's just talking to people and fostering those relationships. And, and honestly, it doesn't, doesn't take that um, much time to build a relationship with someone, but you just want to make sure that you're fostering that as you go and so that you're not sort of finding yourself in a situation where it's like, oh, now suddenly I need my network. 
because your network will help you whether you need a job, whether you need encouragement for a project or a new idea, or you just want to commiserate about a shitty day at work. Like they're there for you. So anyway, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, totally. And what exactly would, uh, what does one of your meetups look like? Is it structured? Is it loose? Do you um, force people to talk to somebody that's, you know, on the other side of the room, like, or not force, but you know, right. like, do, cause some people will just be shy. Right. Exactly. And may not get the full experience or benefit out of the, the situation if they're not kind of coerced to do so. What, what does it look like? <laughs> yeah. So we, we've lately tried to switch things up. So, uh, our, our standard vanilla meetup is there's no structure we are just there for two hours. There's food and drink and you just come and sort of use your own self-motivation to meet other people. The good news is, is that the group, uh, a lot of people that go are very, um, the outgoing people are, um, really can catch the people who are sort of standing back, not really sure of what to do. And so typically that tends to work where people are like, Oh, Hey, how are you doing? I haven't seen you here before. Um, now because we do realize that there are folks who really do need help to network, we have done a couple of different formats. And the one that sort of stands out in my mind is the, the activity that we had at Smarsh uh, in November. Because we, we had the event right before Thanksgiving, we wanted to do something around gratitude. And so we had a gratitude activity, which was something we just came up with off the cuff. It was just like a two email exchange. And we're like, okay, let's just try it. So the way that it worked is everyone got a piece of paper when they walked in and they were, um, there were five lines, go talk to people, five different people and find out what they're thankful for this season. And then there was a sixth line that was, okay, now that you've talked to five people, who are you thankful for? And it has to be someone at the event write it down and go talk to them and, and tell them that you're, that you appreciate them. And it actually sounds like kind of a corny activity and who knows how I was so like, okay, I have no idea how it was going to be received. It turned out to be the most heartwarming thing. I mean, it seriously, we all felt like there needed to be a collective group hub, hug at the end. So the way that sort of, we sort of ended that was collected everything and then drew five of the, of the forms and we had Smarsh swag. And so when we randomly selected, we read the sixth gratitude, which was who at this event are you thankful for? And four, I would say four out of five of those were, I am grateful for so-and-so because I was standing in the back of the room and she came and talked to me when I didn't feel like anyone else would like stuff like that, where people were just like there by themselves and someone else came up to them. Um, so it's kind of a common, it, it was awesome because it was a combination of, okay, let's get out and talk to people you don't normally talk to. And then, um, let's, let's like, it turned out to be like, let's appreciate them for, for that. I, so I have like a twofold question around that. I think, first yeah. of all, I think that activity is phenomenal. Fascinating, phenomenal. I totally want to run it now. Thank you. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna steal it. Good. Um so one, are are you that person? Are you the person who will go up to people um in the back of the room and say, Hey, like, you know, welcome. Are you not, you know, uh why are you here? Whatever. Or do you break the ice? Are you an icebreaker? And um either way that you answer this, like, has it been an intentional move for you to build the community that in encourages and includes that? 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So I am the icebreaker when I can't, unfortunately there, the events have been getting so large that it's been hard for me to do that. But I try to carve out, even if it's just a couple of minutes, um, to walk around and kind of identify people who may not be talking. But what I do in sort of in the absence of that is I, I spend a lot of time at the front, like checking people in and I'm very, very welcoming at the front. So if I see someone I don't know, I I try to engage with them as much as possible and help orient them to what's going on. Um, but historically I was that person who was walking around like seeking out the people who are not part of a, a group or even seeking out the people who I hadn't met before. And I just went up to them and started uh, talking. And I mean, the perfect icebreaker for me is how did you hear about the group? And then I get to tell them the origin story and, you know, the conversation ensues. Um, I will say though, that before I started PDX women in tech, I wasn't that person. I actually didn't even realize that by starting this group that I was sort of embarking on my own journey of becoming a more outgoing person. And I have actually heard from other people that by attending and by meeting new people and being like learning how to be comfortable in situations with folks you're unfamiliar with or coming up with things to talk about when you just met someone is actually a skill in and of itself. And for myself and for some of these other people I've talked to, that's actually enabled them to grow and and get jobs that they weren't sort of like thought they could get, or they are better at interviewing. So it was, it was an interesting thing for me because I didn't realize that I I didn't go into this thinking, okay, well, I want to start this group so that I can get better at speaking sort of on the fly or even public speaking. It just sort of happened. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful that it's done some amazing things for other people. And you had another question and I think I've already forgotten it. Um, You kind of answered it in there, but I guess more specifically, it was like, once you started doing that, like, was it an intentional move on your part to kind of build that into your culture for PDX Women in Tech? Yes. Yeah. So once I kind of, okay, this is, this is how these things are going to go. And the, 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 the sort of, I guess, collaboration and comfort that I want people to have. I realized that I was sort of contributing to that by being that person. Now, I don't know if I'm, I mean, even if people aren't looking to me as an example, I want to be an example. And so, yes, I like, I want this group to be incredibly inclusive. And the only way to sort of ensure that happens is to be inclusive myself. And, um, that seems to have like attracted the other people that want to be inclusive and then everyone feels included. And I've got great stories from people who are like, this group, this group has changed my life or I can't believe how welcomed I feel when I'm here. A lot of other meetups I go to, um, it's, it's not like this at all. And honestly, I don't go to a lot of other meetups, so I don't really know what they're like, but, um, yeah, so yes, it's intentional. (laughs) Now, have you thought, just based on how successful PDX Women in Tech has been, about starting chapters or um, satellite city locations where similar meetups occur? You know, I mean, I would say it's like maybe crossed my mind, but I haven't taken any action to make that a reality. I guess I just, 
I, I mean, selfishly, I um, have a very small amount of free time. And so sure. I tend to just do what I can to keep it going. I guess sometimes, yeah. I, I don't know, maybe you guys can relate to this. Sometimes it feels like, okay, as long as I can just get, you know, we can just meet every month, right? And then I just sort of will, I, I'm, I'm waiting or I'm open to someone who approaches me and says, you know what? I like what you have going on. I want to do this in San Francisco or wherever. And, and if that person wants to kind of run with it, I would totally be open with that. Right. No, I get it. Cause I, I go to an open sewing night every month and it's literally the only time I get to sew because I have three kids, but I really try to go because of the social aspect and just the fact that I can get away from my kids, even though um, I'm the only thing I work on is projects for the kids, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, like, so I don't actually like, but, but I enjoy doing it and it's just a little break. And so, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. And, um, it's like, I actually, the November event, um, was two weeks after my son was born wow. and I was like, I have to go because I want to go and I, I want to see these people and I want to share in this exciting thing that just happened in my life. And I, I have to say that I don't have a lot of, um, other things in my life that feel as authentic and that feel as like supportive. Um, so it, it's just like, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else other than at home or there. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. I mean, finding and finding that, that passion space in that community is, it's so vital Yeah, you know, just to who we are as humans, I think. And then also, you know, women in technology. There's just a lot of a lot of impact there. Um, so, uh, you know, we're kind of getting to a good point here. Um, and we like to ask the question: uh, What are some tools that you use day to day, especially um, as a manager in a tech company? Like, what are some of the things you you touch daily? Like, like literal tech, like literal tools, or yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Do you use a screwdriver, or are you using oh. Google Drive? Like, what, whatever. Like anything, anything, anything that's in your tool chest, be it digital, oh. be it you know, um, like maybe you're like, well, I always have to meditate every day. You know? Oh, got it. Okay, I wish I meditated every day. <laughs> um, I, I, gosh, that's kind of a hard question. I mean, I don't feel like any of my tools are all that glamorous, but I, well, as a manager, I actually. This is not that exciting, but what I learned is texting my employees what turns out to be sometimes the best way of communicating. Now, I don't text them when they're sitting next to me, but <laughs> just creating that channel of like, hey, you can reach me anytime and I will respond quickly has really changed the relationship I have where, I mean, I, I, um, and it's, I, well, I, I manage a, a support team. So coverage is critical as you guys can imagine. And so it's really important if I know that someone is going to be late or if someone isn't going to be there and by having my phone sort of, and they know I'm, they know I'm like going to answer and they know that they're all under my do not disturb. So they'll wake me up if they need to call me or text me, um, has just really created a space where it's like, we can communicate and, and um, solve things quickly when we need to, or I can help them if they need, if they need help. Now, have you looked into messaging programs like Telegram or Slack or IRC you know, I've used Slack for other things um, and I love it. And I think that's, that would be a really good way of sort of another approach, but yeah, no other, no, I haven't. Yeah. I, th- I think there's, there is something extra personal about 
text messaging. Yeah. Like I even have like, I have some teams where we manage and we have like layers of text mess, like text communication where it's like, like email sits in the very top and then we come into Slack and then some of them will hit Facebook messenger, which I don't really like. Yeah, no. And then, and then some of them will text me mm-hmm. and it does yeah. seem like the ones that text me is that, that really vital connection. Right. Yeah. And, and just to add to that, I've found, um, because we've established that, like, it's okay to text me anytime or any, for any reason, I've actually had a couple of them reach out to me during my maternity leave just to say, Hey, I miss you. Or, Hey, um, you know, they're not, they're, they're really good. They're not asking me about work related stuff, but it's like, we're just checking in mm-hmm. and, um, it, it makes me feel good and hopefully it makes them feel good too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women's Tech Radio. Remember, you can find links in the show notes at jupiterbroadcasting.com. You can also find us on Twitter at HeyWTR. Shoot us an email at WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Let us know what you think of the show or anybody you'd like to hear from. And also, you can find us on iTunes. Leave us a review there or anywhere else that podcasts are distributed. Thanks so much for listening.